right, here we go. Uh, guest host today on the Run Your Mouth podcast. Um, yeah, uh, this is recorded in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and your regular host came down from Boston, and I'm thinking we we're going to talk about running, uh, maybe some bagel talk. Um, is that right, Rob? I think you're actually when going... When I talked to you on Grinder, I, I think you were... Uh... <laughs> I actually think you're going too deep Talking into the... Bagels. I think you're too deep into the Run Your Mouth archive. I oh, think shit. you've gone real inside baseball, and a lot of people out there aren't going to know what you're talking about. But you know what? We'll address it. We'll address it. There, there's another podcast with a similar name that um, defamed us. We're the anti-defamation podcast. They defamed us. They made false accusations that we had threatened them, which wasn't true. And uh, our diehard, uh, we won't even call you a fan, the, the, new, the new host for this week's episode is playing inside baseball, and that's, that's what he's talking about, and most of you have no, no idea, because that, that episode's been long pulled. Okay. Long pulled. Sorry about that, folks. A little deep dive research, because uh, I knew I was going to be on the show today. And then I blamed it on the fag cast, but they actually had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, wrong, wrong podcast. That's actually next week. I'm going to be hosting that one, and we'll try to get to the bottom of it there. Anyways, uh, yeah, this is a special porch tour recorded live from the park uh, in Providence, Rhode the Island. Park. You told me this was your porch. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a pretty nice porch. <laughs> I mean, you got like a full acre of porch on a waterfront. This is pretty incredible. Yeah, what is this? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island here? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get on to some news stories. Yeah, before we do that, though, I got to fess up. If the audio quality sucks, it's because this guy, he said... Hey, come out here. I've got all the gear. I'm good to go. I've got a nice porch. We end up in a public park recording on my phone. There's only so much I can do. You know, random people, they email me. I try to be a good sport and show up and do the porch tour from random people's houses. And, you know, sometimes they tell us they got equipment they don't have and porches they don't have. And you end up on the side of the highway in an iPhone. So, you know... Uh, I blame the new host of the show. I did everything I could. All right, all right. I thought this was the anti-defamation podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, that's, that sounds about right. The uh, guest host has to bring their equipment. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I figured we'd uh, stay, you know, on topics of the, uh, the latest news uh, specifically. Why don't we talk about some uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, murder, suicide? Who knows? But yeah, you have any quick thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah, well, for the one thing I love about the Epstein story is that the entire world is calling bullshit. Okay. And I also love that everyone's watched enough TV by now where we've seen senators knock off people in prison. They don't want a guy to testify and he magically has a heart attack. So we've watched enough television where we've seen these storylines that we're all, we're all okay with the concept. Nobody, like, this... To, to absolutely nobody... Is this inconceivable that some politician could get to somebody in prison? And then the fact that he's one of the most high-profile witnesses ever, and he seems to be, like, sucked into this landscape of, you know, for years people were screaming about the, the, the pedophiles in Washington, and everyone's like, all right, there's no pedophiles in Washington. And all of a sudden you got the real inside story of a person who seems to have major political connections. You have no idea where this guy's wealth really came from seemingly either a cia or Mossad um intelligence gatherer of trying oh, to get go. people on blackmail the conspiracy theories I, or or who the hell is this guy we no one really knows no one knows who the hell this guy is but for years the narrative has been out there that there's this guy who's friends with clinton and his name's jeffrey epstein and they have sex with kids and that's been floating around for years 
I mean, for like a decade, that was like random things that you'd come across. It's not like his name was new, and yet for some reason it never went down. Now, here's how this guy finally goes down. They have a, they, apparently, you know, they busted him years ago, and he's in prison on work release. He just gets to go home and have sex with other chicks and get jerked <laughs> off in his office. Like, that's his version of going to prison as a billionaire, is he gets to go home every single day, continue to make money, however the hell he makes money, and get jerked off in his office. Somebody, and I think it, who, I think it was, what's his name? Uh, um, Crowder? No, it wasn't Crowder. It was... Cernovich? Yeah, I think it was Cernovich sued yeah. them and said, hey guys, you can't keep this information about what the court case was. That's public information. And then once they had to release it as public information, instantly the FBI is like, oh, we're investigating the shit out of this. Like, in Dude, other words, it's Mike Cernovich and also, I believe the Miami Herald, the newspaper did they some broke work it? on this. And they basically embarrassed the FBI to have to look into this. Again. Yeah, but, but here's what I, the entire government was in on, okay, we won. This is all hush. It's squared away. We got this guy in a fake prison sentence where he can still get jerked off in his office, so he's happy, and nobody's asking any questions. And then they won where the people beat the government, and they said, no, you have to give us the information of the case. And once that was going public, all of a sudden the FBI had to turn around and go, oh, we're investigating this because they couldn't pretend like it wasn't a problem anymore. We busted the fact that it clearly was a problem. And then they have to go to his house and they get this fucking trove of evidence, which we're never going to see. Whatever the fuck was in that safe, you're never going to hear it's about gone. it. It's gone. It's gone. What do you mean? It's already gone? It's, the, it's with the uh, the other angle of the JFK assassination that uh, shows who shot him. It, I mean, it's, it's just it's disappeared. We're never going to know what was in there. And uh, this guy was either whacked in prison or, you know, he knew that he couldn't actually... But here's the other interesting thing. Before, before he killed himself, I mean, like, if he had gotten the bail, we never would have seen him again. Any oh, yeah, of that, Saudi, any of that sure. Saudi Arabian passport, which sounds very Israeli intelligency to have a second. I always thought those guys went for New Zealand, though. I thought New Zealand was, like, the really valuable passport. Uh, yeah, I think it's New Zealand. Well, also Israel, if, if you're Jewish, I think you can uh, flee there, even if you're, like, a felon. Yeah, I don't know like how that one works. Felon. I feel like if you're a Jeffrey If you're Epstein that, if you're that guy, high profile, though, you got to go in for some plastic surgery before you do that or something. Yeah, I don't think Israel just goes, like, yeah, you're safe here, but... No, no, no. Who the fuck knows? Here's what's fun about this one. This is a legitimate who the fuck's who the fuck knows, but nobody believes, hey, this guy just committed suicide in his cell. My, fa my favorite thing is I saw a meme, and you look like a big meme guy, Rob, right? That, I'm, not, that what I'm, you not, I'm not big on you the sit memes. There, you sit there on Tumblr all day looking no, at I'm memes. No, I'm not a big That's Tumblr guy. I'm, no. I'm behind on the memes. Yeah, I don't, Joe, Tumblr doesn't even really exist anymore, right? I'm not, uh, I don't do the Instagrams. Twitter I've recently gotten into. It shows you how behind on recent. technology I yeah, am. Okay. Very recent. I've gotten off there recently. Here's my, here's my but, thing oh with no, social I was media. Say, my, yeah. my favorite thing, though, uh, it, it was a meme showing all these people walking out of this dark tunnel. And you see, like, you see the face, the light come onto their face. It's Alex Jones. The next person, oh, it's Alex Jones. Oh, everyone's Alex Jones now. It's basically yeah. what I was saying. That's why I feel like everyone, whether you're like on the left or the right, I feel like everybody's at least somewhat on the same page with this. Like, oh shit, this is really as crazy as people like Alex Jones, Mike Cernovich, all those people are, have been saying for years. Yeah, and, and it opens up the door to what the fuck is really going on here. Like, firstly, what I guess what's kind of fun about Trump is everyone's like, well, he erodes the dignity of the office. The office never had any fucking dignity. But that's yeah. what's a little that's bit... That's the best part of him. That's He's the, bringing it down a little bit. That's what's a little bit fun about Trump is that everyone, like, it's almost a... Uh, I'm not going to come up with the right term here, but people were, like, so ingrained with the storyline of 
the president was a noble position and they do noble things. And they were going with the narrative that Trump ruins all of that by being Trump. But I also think people are starting to kind of kind of, kind of understand like, oh, this government thing, people really get that it's a racket now. Mm-hmm. I think more than ever. Like, I really think people are starting to go, hey, this thing's a racket. And when you've had storylines forever of some guy named Jeffrey Epstein, which was like just conspiracy of conspiracy. Oh, this guy has nothing to do with the Clintons. What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, they really tried to cover it up. The crazy part is, yeah. is that Clinton, so he, he admitted to being oh, on he's Jeffrey like, I was there once or plane. twice, maybe. Yeah, okay. exactly. He admitted to maybe like five times or something being on a plane, which that in itself, that's that, that would be pretty odd anyways. But then it, uh, documents come out of the flight logs. I think it showed 25 26, times. 25, and 26. And now, here's yeah. the other crazy thing. If you're having Bill Clinton on a plane called the Lolita Express, why are you keeping a flight log? Exactly. Who the fuck wants a paper trail? So if there's 26 times that he's on paper being there, think about how many kids he fucked on that plane. <laughs> right. I mean... And that's before they get to the island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's not even before... Yeah, yeah. And here's the sickest part about the whole thing is like, you know how easy it is to poach 12-year-olds from third-world countries? They'll just sell them to you. Their parents will know, literally Rob. go, I don't know, Rob. hey, is three goats, take my 12-year-olds. Yeah. The sickness of these people that they wanted white American kids. That's what they wanted. They wanted, like, they didn't want to just be banging any kids. Yeah, it'd be all right if they weren't white, probably, they, right? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying off. even you can find white kids in third-world countries. They exist. <laughs> but they specifically wanted, like, white American kids. They wanted to feel the power of, look at how above the law we are. No, you're Look right. Look at what we can get away with. That was the thrill of it. That's the real sick part. I don't know. It goes deep, man. And what I like... That's the wrong word to say. What's interesting about this all coming out now is that... So the Republicans, of course, uh, all hate Hillary Clinton. And a lot of them are actually, you know, pretty deep into the, the Clinton body count stuff. You found it? No, you're good. All right. Yeah, so they're pretty deep into the Clinton body count and all the corruption, but they, of course, blame it all on Democrats. And then nowadays, all the Democrats think Trump's Hitler. I feel like with this conspiracy theory, although it's still the same thing, Republicans are all blaming it on, like, his associations with Clinton, and Democrats are bringing up, oh, well, Trump was friends with him too. I feel like this is finally cutting through a little bit to the mainstream of, no, the government in general, no matter what side you're on, is pretty sick. Well, it's going to be interesting just to see if something really comes of it, because this is a little bit like the Casa Hoagie thing, where everyone's like, it struck a chord with the general public. The general public was like... House, house sandwich? What? What's, what's a Casa Hoagie? Casa Hoagie? No, he was the guy from Saudi no, Arabia. Khashoggi. Khashoggi? Yeah, yeah. No, to me, he's a Casa You're good. Hoagie. You're good. That's what he is. That's his name. Anyone who wants to pronounce it otherwise is wrong, you know? That's how you remember names, peoples, and events, is by affiliating them with sandwiches. So his name, as far as I'm concerned, is Casa Hoagie. And uh, it comes with, it's clearly a hoagie roll. There's no question about that. It's mostly deli meats and like a really, like a blue cheese, something really gross. A blue cheese. Yeah, like I'm a blue cheese. I'm not a big cheese. fan of that. No, I'm not a fan of it either, but that's what that, that's what that Casa Hoagie guy would eat. Yep. I could just tell. <laughs> that's what the, le- all right, anyway, like, and it would be like a goat meat. It would be like a goat meat. A goat meat. It's yeah, gotta it be a little be, Middle Eastern. It would be like know? an intense sandwich. Like some, some just hummus. Just goat, no, just goat meat and blue cheese on a hoagie roll. <laughs> Nothing I would endorse, but you know, that's what, maybe with some vegetables too. Those, those Middle terrain, they're good with the vegetables. It would be like yeah. uh one of those really fancy lettuces, like a, like a spring mix. A, a spring, spring mix. mix. Yeah. A spring mix 
like some, an Israeli salad, blue some cheese, little, some radishes, sliced yeah. so thin with a la uh, yeah, razor yeah. blade, and maybe like a like a like a tahini or like a mapucha kind of sauce, like one there of those like, I don't even know what that one is. of those like Turkish sauces <laughs> that are all oniony and red. But anyways, when Kasahogi went down, when he got murdered. You know, Saudi Arabia murders everyone everywhere. They abuse their women. They're starving people in Yemen. And then they kill this one journalist. But it struck a chord, mostly because the media covered it. And it struck a chord. And everyone's like, hey, we got to do something about Saudi Arabia. They can't be murdering journalists. That's right? a good point. Yeah, the way that story blew up was actually similar in a way. Yeah, That's but it's, maybe like 20% of how big this is, but still. Right. But So this one's striking a chord where people are like, oh, there's something really sick and twisted going on amongst the world's powerful and the elite and also the relationship between the powerful and the elite and government that their friends is kind of weird and the fact that they can well this is on paper he literally got away with the crime the government tried to cover it up to the best of the, its ability where it said okay we're going to give you this fake prosecution it was almost like goodfellas remember that scene in goodfellas where like listen everyone else goes to jail this way and here's how we go to jail and they got their own oh because exactly. they own the jail they got yeah. their own cell where they're making like they're making that they're making that the delicious sandwiches yeah, yeah they're, they're drinking the wine they're taking pills it's like the best barbecue you've ever seen in your entire life and that's them inside a prison we got the inside this is not conspiracy talk anymore this guy got in trouble for having inappropriate sexual relationships with kids and had to be labeled a sex offender and as a part of his prosecution was able to leave jail every day to go back to his office and get jerked off by other kids as escorted by cops that he was paying that's not going to jail that's not getting in trouble and they tried to put this behind the books and we sued them and said, hey, this can't be put behind the books. And they realized, oh, fuck, we got caught trying to cover this up. That's not conspiracy. We're not even in the land of conspiracy. That is what no, happened. No, it's not like they barely yeah. caught him and he had that little prison sentence. No, like during that trial, he had to admit to doing this stuff. Right. It was Well, it was part of a, <clears throat> a plea bargain or whatever. And yeah, he had to be registered for the rest of his life as a right so they offender. could that was how bad it was that they couldn't they couldn't totally wash it away yeah they're like here's the best we can do for you right okay that was so right. you know how pissed he probably yeah. was about having to like uh register as a sex offender oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> he's like kidding me i can't just throw another like 100 million at this yeah uh, drug he's or like, something. but that's like my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's like that louis joke <laughs> he's like that's why i built a whole island i've been making up all this money for years and you're gonna take away my ability to diddle kids <laughs> Anyways, and then he goes, they finally bust the guy, and he fucking dies in prison of supposed suicide. You know, they're going to have to come up with something. And also with the internet and all the fucking scrolling theories, I mean, they're going to have to come up with something pretty good. Yeah, well, this, this is the real question, I think. Yeah. Is, uh... Clinton is 100% involved because there's flight logs of him like How great was it that Trump retweeted? No, that, uh, was, great. that was so did great. He, did he I saw like a some, he retweeted some video of the conspiracy hand. theory. Was it some, some, yeah. some crazy guy like black it, guy it talking was this black guy was right funny. Okay, it was that. that and he, he was making a sarcastic joke of like like you know the, the Clintons keep killing people. So it definitely it wasn't the Clintons. I would never accuse he was the like, Clintons. I, I love the Clintons. You all months ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he's like, and everyone's disappearing. So I want to let you know, I love the Clintons. And Trump retweeted it. Oh, it's so hilarious. Yeah. No, all right. That's my favorite thing about Trump is his Twitter account. For all sure. Right. But do you think that yeah. Trump is trying to get to the bottom of this? Or do you think he's actually somewhat involved? Nah, I, think, I don't think it's any way No, actually, oh, that's interesting. Do I? No, I'm going to guess that, you know, that's really interesting. Either Trump is involved, but he knows the, like, the extent that other people are involved and nothing's going to come to surface. 
I think what Trump actually does really well is he's good at like, you know, he's good at what he did with like the Obama birthing story, which is how can I just kind of lob some craziness up there? And since there's such discontent and not trust in the media that if I can just float this idea up there, other people will kind of keep they'll keep it in the air yeah so you think he wants to keep the story alive well yeah no i think he wants to keep the story alive uh because i think it it just it builds to hey here's why you need me here as the voice of reason you wouldn't believe how sick and twisted government really is Mm -hmm. and you guys are lucky that i'm here from the outside the crazy thing is though during jeffrey epstein's first trial when he was uh, convicted and got this uh, crazy light sentence I guess it was the prosecutor going after him was this guy, Alex Acosta. Well, and then the crazy thing is he claims when he got interviewed for his White House position, he was they were asked about it. He was specifically asked about that plea deal. And what he said was, I was told that this is above my pay grade. Yeah, he said... That's a fit... From what I understand, somebody that's official record. Jeffrey Epstein was intelligent. Now, from what I understand, that's official record that when he was interviewed for the White House and this came up as a potential issue, that was... Now, firstly, that doesn't excuse him. The reason why we have different... I feel like we discussed this either on uh, this podcast or part of the problem, but that doesn't excuse you. That's why we have different branches of government. The reason why there's a just everything separate is so that even if someone's intelligence, if they're doing fucked up things with kids and they get busted by the cops, they're not supposed to be let off. That's why you're supposed to have these different branches. The CIA is not supposed to be able to call up and go, like, hey, he's part of the CIA. You got to let this guy sell drugs and fuck kids. That's not the way government's supposed to work. Um, but yeah, that is that that is that seems to be the most compelling side to suggest that he was either Mossad or uh, or CIA, yeah. and that he was in the intelligence gathering game of getting footage of people being with little kids so that they had good blackmail. Yeah, so that's my understanding of it, too, where uh, I guess no recordings come out, out of his, uh, Acosta's interview for, I get, what is he, like, in charge of labor or something like that? But, uh, well, he just resigned. Yeah, he, he, he had to resign. To that's, that's the funny thing where, like, if you feel like Trump was actually in there to get to the bottom of this in yeah. a way to, like, bring down Clinton or something along those lines, it was, why did he bring in Alex Acosta? Because people that all knew about the Epstein thing already knew about Alex Acosta. I don't think Trump... So, Trump doesn't want to bring down anyone. He just wants these cards for if he's attacked, he'll he'll come at you harder. It was like the same thing. He didn't start campaigning against uh, the Clinton's for the record of Bill Clinton's sexual relationships that were inappropriate with all these women. But then when he got attacked for his inappropriate, like, you know, relationship with women... He brought it right up. He goes, remember, he deked yeah, out the media so good. For that. Dude, that was so yeah. great. What a great move. He deked the media. He goes, hey, I want to do a pre-interview. And then he had all the women that Bill Clinton had, or whatever, rape, whatever the fuck it was. And then Hillary tried bringing it up at the debate. They like, were sitting that, in the audience. Was that right? No, not only were they sitting in the audience, Trump, like, he, he, he got the media to show up live saying he was doing, like, a pre-thing before, the thi- before, and he tricked them that the media showed up and all of these women that had accused Bill Clinton were there. Oh, see, I didn't know that's exactly pulled, how it went down. Yeah, he pulled okay. a fucking prank on them. Yeah. Then, at the, ele- at the debate, Hillary at one point tried to attack Trump for, hey, it, this is about empowering women, and you don't, you don't, we all know that you don't respect women, and he just hit her back hard. You want to talk about don't respect women? I got people in this audience that Bill Clinton raped, and like, and that was the the end of that. So tr- Trump's not trying; he doesn't want to listen. Yeah. Oh, I should. Yeah. Everybody always does this, and I think it's annoying. But you got to be like, 
By the way, I'm not a big Trump fan. I feel like everybody says that in all their yeah, podcasts. Yeah, that's because no one likes him. So you do you have to put that out there, kind of, because uh, well, let's get the perspective. Really, Trump is like terrible. I hate I hate debt, and that guy's loading us up with more debt than anyone ever, and he's trying. He's pushing for lower interest rates while we're at peak employment. What he's doing is a fucking disaster. However, in the pop culture landscape of just the way the media works and um, the way that the liberals are invested in thought control and PC culture, Trump is the absolute in greatest way, and most fun. entertaining thing in yes, that's ever happened. Yes. All right, I've had enough of the Epstein topic. All right, let's get off this. All right. So, uh, I went on a trip last summer to the wonderful world of Canada. Okay. Nova Scotia, actually. And guess what I had there, Rob? How long does it take you to get to Nova Scotia? Uh, let's see. It involved Can you a... take a flight right there? You gotta take a flight to a ferry. Oh, you could take a flight, but, um, yeah. I, I wasn't with Jeffrey Epstein, so... So, what, you drove it? I drove <laughs> How much would you drive? What, you gotta drive we... all the way up to Maine and then yeah, take a ferry? Yeah, exactly. We took a ferry from Maine. What makes Nova Scotia a good vacation spot? Nothing. My cousin was doing an internship there. You so. went all like the whole family went up there to visit your cousin. Yeah. Or just you oh, do? he's the family's favorite cousin. <laughs> Why? He makes money or something? Yeah, he's going to be a doctor. He's going to be a doctor. Yep, yep. Seeing Jewish households, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you're just one of the three. All oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You fucking go him. You get one doctor, and you're like, we got to go visit this guy. Okay, yeah. You got to get in early my, so I get some medical advice. My family thinks that's actually a lie. There's not a single doctor in my entire extended family. Really? Yeah, you got lawyers. You got like finance people. No doctors. I mean, shame on them. I could use some prescriptions. I'm the only one you're trying. The only one. Yeah, I'm the only one. How's no your one else. How's your family like be, being Jewish feel about you being a comedian? Do you, yeah. Do you feel like they're easier on you? Oh, that that's a respectable thing to go into. It's fine. I I get away with it. You know, I get away with it for two reasons. Firstly, my dad would have loved to do it, but you know, he made different lifestyle choices. Uh, oh, does he does he does he workshop jokes on you? Nah, not that, so much. That but he but feels my, like he he wants to. My tell. dad's naturally a lot funnier than I am, and um, it. I, my dad's a funny dude. He's, he's like a really funny dude, but, you know, he got married young. He did the Jewish thing. He had a family. He had a law career, which he hated, and that, those were his choices. Um, and also, when I started doing I'm really good at, like, listen, I, here's what I'm doing. Take it or leave it. So when you operate that way, if you don't give people a say, they don't have a say. I don't really give them a say. They don't have a say. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. I guess, it, yeah, if you're Jewish, it's a doctor. Also, don't ask her if you're trying lawyer, to, if you're trying to work in the arts. Comedian. Just, <laughs> you, you you just can't ask people for money. You gotta like be okay with being poor. Like if you ask your parents for money, then they have a say in your life. If you don't ask your parents for resources, and you're just like, listen, I'm gonna live a miserable fucking life, but this is what I'm doing, and you have no say. They have no say. Yeah. Did, did so that's you my move? advice for you. Just be miserable, and who's gonna tell you? Be miserable. There we <laughs> yeah. go. All right, let's get back to my Canada trip. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that sounded riveting. I yeah. <laughs> I brought this up because Nova I had... Scotia. I feel like you can eat real fresh fish over there. That's the about it. Greatest... They have good locks. They have good locks up there? Do that. I'm uh, asking you. Oh, I have no clue. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't need locks? <laughs> no. I like locks. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had the... Sorry, you were hosting. I didn't mean to throw you off. I've ever eaten. <laughs> In Nova Scotia. In Nova Scotia. Is it worth traveling to Nova you Scotia think, for? You wouldn't think traveling to Canada would be okay. the place to go to have the greatest sandwich. And I also had it. It was a uh, a deli inside a grocery store. Okay, a, I like a, a, high, a high end grocery store. I like grocery store food. You know, like like Whole Foods, dude. That's my. If I find a Whole Foods on the road, I like a Whole Foods salad bar. 
there's so much variety there and then you can always get good cookies it's not that expensive they are good. When, when you're in a weird city or something you know like you can go to like a whole foods or that's something. my favorite that might be my favorite restaurant whole Foods yeah. salad bar with cookies Although i sound like i've only ever been in like new england to like new york because i don't know if they have whole foods like yeah everywhere. i don't know either <laughs> But anyways, I, I'm a big fan of going to a grocery store and picking up like uh, whatever their prepared foods are. Grocery stores know what they're doing. No, so what I realized yeah. is you have to go on a little bit of an adventure to have okay. a good sandwich. You, you got to go for a different kind of meat. Anyway, they, they, had, yeah. they had roast turkey sliced pretty thin, thin uh, a little thicker than your normal uh, like lunch meats would be. But All right, still thick slight, sliced roasted turkey. Uh, lamb, sorry. Okay, so you have lamb. Yeah, so that's... Deli sliced lamb? And no, I'm gonna. So this was like a full delicatessen kind of thing. They okay. ha, they have like your, your more fresh meat. But I'm just saying, I don't think I've ever had lamb through a deli slicer. Yeah, I, this this is one of the only times I've ever had lamb. And okay. the, the sandwich I created it just looking was it like at what they like offered a on the spot. Lamb? I think it was roasted and yeah, then may, maybe smoked a little bit. I think I had a little smokiness to it. Possibly. Okay. Anyways, I put that on a nice multi-grain bread toast. Okay. The real secret though is throwing in pickled vegetables into okay. a sandwich like that so you have half pickled cucumbers with the kind of that like halfway like vinegar kind of stage okay, like okay. in between almost being a pickle yeah yeah and then actually like random pickled vegetables hot peppers like a pickled cabbage would probably work on there uh pickled cabbage i think it had pickled uh onions definitely right okay, Those okay. Are like, like the red ones but anyways it had that maybe it had some pickled cauliflower and carrots kind of like oh, that you stuff. Just that's some weird stuff that sounds, cauliflower sounds th like this is uh, like di this is diced up almost in like a food processor kind of stuff and then it's like this spread okay, almost so for all this that's throwing, terrible that's but, okay but i'll continue anyways uh, i mean for just the audience you could ruin anything with pickled cauliflower really? i mean there's nothing in the world like <laughs> that's like an italian thing is it called it's like jardinier uh, i gotta be honest i, I like particularly that. don't, don't like brussels sprouts cauliflower and broccoli are flagrantly bad for me broccoli literally makes me gag okay I, i'm like, with you on the flagrantly on the bad sprouts. bad cauliflower is just as bad i mean you could like you could take the world's greatest slice of pizza and just sprinkle a little bit of broccoli in there you just ruined it for me that's really? it you don't yeah. go for that classic chicken and broccoli no it's not no. happening not for me not, not my number no. one choice but i would know and it i kind of like i even kind of get broccoli but it literally makes me gag but like a stalk of a broccoli ugh so anyways all right, so don't, don't call him broccoli rob so you went all the way to nova scotia to eat the world's worst sandwich continue no. <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna turn it around i think okay. you're gonna like this part of the sandwich can we pretend that we did that there was no cauliflower we can leave it there? out you can make your own sandwich out okay. of the ingredients i'm putting out here for you I'm okay just, you can you can leave something off so let's just recap here so you got deli sliced lamb on top of a whole grain bread all right, I'm I'm still on board. Yeah, all right. Now so we're putting pickled vegetables. Let's just go with let's go with the cucumbers are on there. They're a little bit okay. pickled cucumbers, whatever. Uh, I haven't eaten a lot of pickled we, uh, a we, lot of pickled vegetables. I'm kind of into this. All right, but all right, we got we got some we got some peppers on there. All right, nothing too crazy. It's just like banana peppers and stuff like that. But yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, Rob's like rolling his eyes at this one. Still, we're, I'm about. I'm to not turn even this, a little I'm bit about sold, to turn this okay. around. I'm about to turn this around. All right, I'm waiting for on it. On one side of the bread pesto spread okay on the inside 
obviously it's on the inside. You don't spread anything on the outside. I don't know. You're but. doing everything <laughs> weird here. So there, there's no knowing. You're freewheeling. The secret is. Yeah. On the other side, you don't go with the pesto again. You change okay. it up and you go with hummus on the other side. You got pesto and hummus. So in wait, the same on the, sandwich. so like on the top slice, you got a pesto sauce. On the bottom, you got a hummus. It might be the other way around. I don't know. Okay. But that's I the idea. To it. That's and the basic the, idea. And then in the middle, you got a sliced lamb. And then let's just change it to pickled cabbage, pickled pickled onions, and pickled cucumbers. Yeah, and you, that's you can it. hold the cabbage if you want. You can hold the cabbage? All right. Yeah. There's no pickled cabbage. Pickled no. cucumbers? Yeah. And pickled onions? That's the idea. All right, sounds exotic. Best sandwich I've ever had. Was very surprised. Maybe only had lamb one or two times before that. Okay. Never cooked it at home. Okay. Never would. Usually I can really conceptualize a sandwich. I thought it was sandwich. an exciting sandwich. No, usually I can <laughs> usually I can really conceptualize yeah. a sandwich. You know, like they have simulators, and you can like put into a simulator, like, hey, uh, it, well, well, is this uh, is this uh, uh, like uh, um, immunization gonna work? And then the, you can put it into the supercomputer, and supercomputer is gonna be like, yeah, that will work, or it's not gonna work. So usually my brain, it can do that. You can give me a sandwich, and I can conceptualize: is this thing gonna work or not? Yours is so far, I'd have to actually try it. Field. There's too many. There's too many the elements th going on there. The one thing I would never put it, on a sandwich. It's like phone a friend. I'd have to see what Yosef had to say on it. Yeah. I at least didn't put mayonnaise on there. Okay. There's that enough would, elements. I would like uh, yeah. gag. There's <laughs> enough elements I'm okay with. I like a good pesto sauce. I like a hummus. I don't know that I've eaten a lot of sandwiches with both pesto sauce and hummus on it. And that's the secret. Now, you got to mix them. Yeah, I don't think I have a problem with that combo. I just can't vouch for it. Then lamb can be a little bit hit or miss, so I can't really speak to the specific lamb that you're eating. And then also, I don't have that much experience with pickled vegetables, but I, I kind of get the combo. That's the new thing, Rob. All right, you know Pickled what? vegetables. We're, we're going to have to go up to Nova Scotia and, uh, and try this one out for ourselves. I don't know. Also, Nova Scotia seems like the wrong place to be getting lamb. Lamb seems like Middle Eastern. It uh, seems like maybe like in a big what? city where Middle Eastern people are hanging out. But like, what the, like, they're supposed to be smoking up fish. Possibly. You, you, you got your Middle Eastern lamb. You also got your European lamb. I feel like no, Nova Scotia feels like Ireland, Scotland. All right, maybe. All right, what else you got for us? All right, let's see. Oh, actually, I didn't want to come empty-handed today because this was actually supposed to happen in my porch. Yeah. I emailed Rob and I said I would have a sandwich platter. All right, I'll review your sandwich. But I I'll review what we got. I don't have the platter because we're actually in the park. So it came. But I, I, I bought him a sandwich because I didnn't want to come. It came fresh from a deli. It's inside the wax paper. I like the wax paper. Not just that, but we got a double wax paper. It's that's pretty good. Nice Italian this thing cold is, cuts okay, for you. Now, here's the first thing that's wrong with this sandwich. I, I got to give him a little bit of shit. What's going on? Oh, no, no. It's sliced. It's sliced. It's sliced in half for I'll, you. I'll give him points for the slice. Now, it looks like we got a. Uh, what kind of cheese are we working with here? Uh, provolone, probably. Okay, we got a provolone cheese. Then we've got a couple, it looks like three different kinds of uh, Italian delis. It's pretty simple. So we got like a uh, like a prosciutto, a hard salami, and uh, what, what's the other guy? Probably ham. Ham? It's a mystery. I don't all know. All right. You went very not Jewish on me. You went, <laughs> you went for all the slices of what's like... Oh, I'm sorry. You're not you, supposed you went, to eat this. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to... I'm not supposed to eat any of this stuff I eat, but you went like... You went aggressively Italian. He's turned away from the faith, I believe. Okay, now now the vegetable concoctions look good, good up here. Firstly, I like a I like a spear pickle. That means every bite of the sandwich you're gonna get some pickle action. You got the tomato, which is excellent. You got the onions going on, and uh, on a good I can tell this is a solid bread. This is a really solid club roll. Uh, so I, I like what you did here. Baked fresh. 
I think I think you got a pretty good looking sandwich, and uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna save it for the car ride home, and then I'll, I'll let right, people Rob's know what we think. Rob's tossing it out the window, but <laughs> yeah, it's probably better than uh, eating on a uh, micro stuff. So it's fine. <laughs> but I appreciate it. And then what were the other what were the other supplies that you showed up? With? All, right, all right, I I brought some dessert. I I know you like your sweets, Rob. I do like my sweets. I brought I brought a little variety. Right, I'll give I'll give him one bite of this. My concern is I've been I've been laying off the cheese because it really fucks up my stomach, and I got a large large long drive tonight but all right be careful as an excellent sandwich what i missed in my review was you got some sort of like a spicy mustard in there which is really good what's the condiments on this uh i think there's just a no there's like a spicy horseradish a, mustard which is really good it's like a balsamic dressing and i think the spiciness is just on the peppers i could be wrong though fuck that's a good sandwich i'm taking another bite you did good on that one. Alright, I did good. I did good. Alright, uh, for, desserts, for desserts, I got you a... By the way, I want to say this. There's a good window into the, like, other people's sandwich concoctions. Sometimes you get too stuck in your way. Like, I've said this about Golan Heights. I used to eat there all the time. We've mentioned on the podcast a thousand times. I'm now chewing in the host's face right here. But, delicious sandwich. And sometimes it's important. You go to a deli... You just have your friend order for you. You gotta, you gotta view life from different angles. Sometimes, like people's sandwiches are like a personal thing. Like I would have never thought that, that's fucking delicious. I would never go and order that. Now right. that First looks off, like you're not allergic to peanut butter. No, all right. Okay, so that's a peanut butter brownie. In now there. that is dank. When I say dank, holy shit, you actually need. I, sli to I eat sliced it? it up ahead of time. It for looks him. like you already took a bite into this. The, no, there's nothing missing there. <laughs> oh, this looks fucking rich as shit. Oh my god, this is a win. It's the best time of my life. Even if I don't put out this podcast, I just showed up to a random park and I'm being fed. <laughs> Alright, yeah. So we got the peanut butter brownie. We we got a cannoli. I didn't know what to bring, but they're both good. No, that's solid. The the sandwich is more solid. Like this is like. This is not top class dessert. It's it's okay. That sandwich was top. Oh, was I got top some, I got something else for you. Can I, I, got should more I say dessert? The, should I say the name of a place? I'm not trying to advertise for him, but it's yeah, a little, little joke here. We got Gary Johnson's favorite uh, sweet shop called Aleppo Sweets. Oh really? What what's Aleppo? <laughs> oh fuck! You got some baklava. You listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You listen to the uh, to the uh, the smoke out bug out. Oh, really? I actually haven't listened to that episode uh, yet. Well, <laughs> Can you talk lie. about it? Alright, that's the only episode I haven't listened to. So, it's still on my phone. Alright, here's my review. Your sandwich, I guess like a 9 out of 10. That's That was sandwich perfection. Your pastries, they present really well, but they don't. They just don't click. They're not there. The little, you didn't try the cannoli. That's alright though. No, no, I took a bite of the oh, cannoli. You yeah. If you knew how sick I'm gonna feel after this, but right now in this moment it's solid. Alright. <laughs> Anyways, how's the baklava? No, it's okay. It's okay. Like it's not, you know, put it this way. If I was at well if I was at like a dessert spread and all the shit was out, I would turn to like someone like Yosef and go, holy shit, that's some good looking dessert. Look at that shit. And it's a wide variety. A table spread that has both baklava and cannoli. You really went for a wide range. I went we're going, all out. We're I went going all, all out. the way Italian to Middle Eastern. Yeah. But you know what? You should have fed me the dessert first. Your sandwich was so perfect that you oh, said we peaked early. That you set a high bar for yourself. But I appreciate what you did here. And you know what I appreciate most? 
you brought such variety. You really, you, you did good. Can we just call it a podcast? I like what you did here. We can. No. He didn't love the uh, baklava. They're actually immigrants from Syria. So, uh, you're try, trying to send them back. Bro, I made another bite of the sandwich. I gotta clean my palate from the dessert. <laughs> you got your water there if you need it. Alright, so should I go to my topic list here? I'm supposed to, supposed to be hosting. Fuck, that sandwich was good. Oh, yeah, so I have a, uh, like a business story. Alright. Screwed over by the government. The government fucked you. Yes, exactly. I also, uh, did it to myself a little bit. By okay. being lazy, but, uh, I don't know. I'll just present my case, I suppose. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh... You know what, I got a comment, though. The boss, the balsamic. That sandwich might be too rich, where it's like great for a couple bites. It's almost like if you ever eat like a cheesecake, which is like unbelievable. Oh yeah, I don't but like. But once to, you get like finish, four bites you in, you're like, uh, that sandwich has a little bit of that quality. Really? The density of that. Brick I don't know if it could, it could have been the dressing, maybe getting the bread a little too much. The balsamic. I don't know, but solid sandwich. All right, it's enough. It's enough food talk. I, I was being healthy, man. Right. You just ruined my streak. I was down ten pounds because I was sick. Yeah, you're on vacation, Rob. It's all yeah, right. I'm still on vacation. It's Good right. point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, so any, anyways, uh, I have like a regular, you know, nine to five, well, actually eight to five job, so, uh, All right. anyways, I started a little business you get a good lunch hour? trying to make, uh, yeah, I do, I get a full hour. Is that your deli you that saw, we usually go to? I sometimes go there for my lunch break. Okay. Yeah. Typically, I actually go back to my apartment, because I live about five minutes from where I work. That was so cool of you, you showed up with the spread of shit. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, le I yeah. left the platter behind, I brought, I brought in a, a little... No, no, you did Draw good. Drawstring bag for him and plopped it onto the picnic bench. No, no, bench you, you did, you did good. <laughs> Very romantic. We're having a picnic with dessert spreads. Yeah, I figured it's a nice, nice little date we're having. Okay. Oh, by, by the water. Yeah. So tell us about your failed business venture. All right. So, uh, I can't mention the name of the business because I, uh, it still exists legally speaking. Right. And uh, I got to close it down for tax purposes. Okay. So I don't want to say the name of it, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Anyways, just a little business, because uh, I rent an apartment. I was trying to have my salary from my regular job just mostly be able to go into savings, and I wanted to have a little business where all that money could be going towards my rent, and it would basically cover my rent in like, any, like bare money, pretty much. Okay. Just from my, you know, side business. What or, was the side hustle? Anyway, it's uh, basically just selling shit on Amazon. So okay. I set up a actual it, it wasn't just me selling stuff on Amazon as like a regular person I set up an actual business entity so I could buy wholesale like have like a, a wholesalers license and everything what kind of shit were you flipping though uh, so the idea the business idea was to buy not expensive items but stuff that has a high volume so you're trying to get customers that buy over and over again like maybe like tampons like what that what honest, kind of honestly honestly Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, it's just uh, random food. Oh, yeah. Okay, it sounded like you're my man is a chef, so I'm like, oh wow. Uh, no, no, I'm just an idiot who talks about food. There you go. <laughs> but I like that that I had the uh, you know the the verbiose language of a chef. <laughs> it sounds hey, like you knew what you're you talking about. Chef at all? No, but I'd love to get on there and just critique him. You know, pretend like, hey, here's why you're terrible. Go try that again. That would be good. There's a great restaurant though in, in Boston. Uh, Cheeks barbecue. Okay. And barbecue. one of the, the the owner of it was on Top Chef. And they're good. She didn't win. She came like second, and they're fucking amazing. 
What's the name of the place? Sweet Cheeks Barbecue. Sweet Cheeks Barbecue. Interesting. All right, we'll have to try it out. And they are like one of the like if we went just because of the Top Chef name, but yeah. it was like so fucking good. All right, I like good barbecue. Good. Next time I'm in Boston. That, like are from the south, and they were like, they this can't compare, and they were like, they were impressed. They were very impressed. That's and a good recommendation. Right though. near Fenway Park. All right, next time I'm at a, next time I'm going out there for a game. There you go. Check it out. All right. Have absolutely. Have a great night. Have a great night. Thank you. You want something? You can take this whole box. No, no, no. No, no, no. Baklava. Where was it from? Uh, Aleppo Sweets. No. Like we're... a couple of sweets over. Okay. We're, we're avoiding the sweets right now. There you uh, go. Thank you. Yeah, good on you. Respect. <laughs> All right. We're recording live in a park. That's that's what happens sometimes. She seemed nice though. Anyways, what See, were we talking about? I gotta get the sandwich information out to the world. I'm making random people hungry. What were we? Oh, we're talking about my business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, your we, failed business selling tampons. Fa- yeah, to not strangers. my business. My my failed business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So that was the idea. It was to buy uh like low ticket items that people so buy else? O- over are, and over. What again. are the items? Basically, it, it was whatever you could buy wholesale and oh, look like you could make a like a spread on it. Uh, no, it was like water bottles. Like. Uh, Light switches? No. One. All right. One product that Condoms? actually did really good. Con. Uh, yeah, I did sell those. Yeah. One product that did really good was actually um, socks for people with diabetes. They they wear these special socks yeah, to they, keep they, their they like, pull like them up high. Bl- blood pressure yeah, regulated the in their moving. legs or something. So those people. Uh, it's, Do you call them don't get amputated? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you know they're gonna keep buying. Otherwise, they're gonna get their uh, yeah, feet chopped off. Feet chopped off. So. Anyways, I guess they have to keep buying those socks over and over again because they're very elastic and they, yeah, eventually, yeah. they eventually get so they're not like tight enough on your legs. And you were buying whatever. shitty ones from China, so, so yeah, exactly. Maybe you no. get a half a day's use out of <laughs> they it. They were out, yeah, they were out of uh, yeah. Keep your feet. Places like that. Maybe that'd be a good brand name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lose your feet. No feet keepers. Feet keepers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, th- that that was the idea was to sell stuff like that, and then you get people just keep buying from. Where here. were you warehousing the shit? Uh, third party. So I would order the stuff. That's why uh, I never made a lot of money, but I did. I did actually make enough money to pay my rent for a while. It was, okay. But it, it was only I only had it going for about six months until. What's your rent? You live next to a park under a bridge. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You may. <laughs> no, it's nice. I it, it's it's under a thousand a month. Okay. So I I was paying that. And then did a real grift here. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. I did yeah. I liked I liked the idea of starting a business just to see what it was like cuz I I really had no idea how to start a business. Right. Uh like create like forming the LLC all um getting uh you know your wholesaler's license. Yeah. I don't they're just oh, Literally, s- setting up like if, a bank account. If I account. did any one of those steps I'd be like, "All right, this isn't happening." It actually kind of sucked, but like I tried yeah. I tried to keep with it just as like a learning experience. Okay, so you get your wholesale license, you're moving a lot of socks to people with diabetes. Yeah. For some reason the people with diabetes they're finding your socks. You got the best prices in the market. They they like the way it uh, feels up against their ankles. They're pulling them nice and high, yep. and they gotta buy them all the time. And you're capturing a spread, and the government shuts you down. How do they shut you down? What do they do? Well, it turns out the socks weren't fitting good, and a lot of people ended up getting uh, their feet amputated. So, so you're selling I, I a had, you're I selling had to a close, bone product. I had to close down. You're the lucky business. that so in other words, you're lucky that this was an That's LLC. Why I don't want to say the name of the company yeah, because did that really happened. These people, if if they still had their feet, they'd yeah. be running after Wait, me. Wait, are you really? Were you really selling shitty socks and people had to get their feet amputated? Nah. Oh, nah. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, no, it's just there There was a Supreme Court case where they changed how uh, sales tax is handled. Oh, because now and you have to actually collect. Honestly, yeah. it, it's... It, this is the part where me being lazy comes in here. It's, it's honestly, it's not really that complicated, but I, I was so, like, kind of pissed about it because I just had the thing running for a few months, and I was just... I was starting to, like, ramp up sales of, like, different things, buy, right. buying new... Uh, trying out different products and stuff, right. just seeing what sell, sells and I can make money on. And then, yeah, this the Supreme Court case, it, it was annoying because the old uh, precedent that... Uh, well, let's just say this, that one of the things that's really annoying is that you're trying to figure out the landscape of the marketplace and essentially, if you're a good capitalist, what are you good at? You're good at moving around capital. You're good at saying, hey, here's the item that people want and I'm really good at figuring out what people want, investing in the right inventory and getting it to them. That's not that easy to do. But then when you throw another like monkey wrench in there of, hey, the government just changes laws all the time, and instead of trying to figure out what items and how do I bring them to the marketplace, I gotta invest my time in figuring out, hey, what the fuck is the government doing, and how do I make sure that my business is in line with them? It, you know what I mean? It's like a whole, it's like a totally different element that has nothing to do with actually getting goods and services to people. No, exactly. And that's why I wasn't expecting to make a lot of money with this business at all. It was but you wanted honestly, to learn. It was yeah. like... And what you learned I, like, is the government makes it fucking annoying no, to try exactly. and figure out how to provide goods and services to people. Exactly. So I was trying to keep the business small. Obviously, I wasn't hiring anybody because all I'm using this for was to pay my rent pretty much. And that right. was it. Uh, because I moved out from li living with my parents and I was working at the same job I've worked at for years. And I was like, oh, kind of my income's taking a little hit here paying my rent i was like what else could i do uh you know i'm not going to be a instagram model so, right you know uh i was like i'll set up a little business uh selling random shit like on amazon because anybody can sell stuff on amazon but i was like i'll, I'll set up a little llc i'll be able to buy wholesale you can beat out a lot of people in pricing because you're paying less See, you stuff. actually figured something out yeah, now, yeah. It, it was okay. Now, you're never going to end up making a ton of money on that, especially doing the third-party warehouse stuff. Uh, it's just nice selling the products and never even having to see them. Right. Like, I just live in my little apartment, and it's not like I'm having, like, shipments come in or something. Right. They, it's on, it's shipped to some other state in some third-party warehouse. You're literally doing nothing even, and capturing a spread. Exactly. Even that's surprising that so, you're able to do that. It was very easy to do. Okay. The problem that happened was the law that used to be in place, uh, it was a Supreme Court case from the early 90s. Like, right... I think it was 1992, a Supreme Court decision. Uh, that was before any real commerce was happening online. What, like, dawn of the internet, as we, I guess, as we know it. But, uh, anyways, when you sell products online, the ruling was that you only have to collect sales tax from people that buy stuff from you if you have a physical presence in the state where that purchaser uh, lives. Okay. So, it, living here in Rhode Island, I would have to collect... There's no one here. You're in the smallest state. That's the best state no, to run an e-commerce nice. business nice. I don't know if it's the lowest population, but uh, it may... You know, it's definitely down there because we're so small. It's got to be down there. What but, do you think is the lowest populous state? Alaska? Probably Alaska. I feel like Wyoming or something has less people. But Alaska? Uh, I don't know. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm a little off on that. Rhode Island maybe could be like the least populous, who, who knows. But anyways, I would only have to collect sales tax from people that buy stuff from me that also live here in Rhode Island. Yeah. So 
I almost never sold any, anything to anybody that lived here. It happened like a few times. Almost everything was like people in California, Texas, Florida. Right. Like, it seemed like that's where all the sales were going to. Um, that's where all the diabetics are. You guys right. keep it a little bit healthy oh, in Rhode defi Island. Oh, definitely in Florida. Yeah, yeah, all the old people. Yeah. They all move out of here. And once they're buying their diabetes socks, they live in Florida. But anyways, what happened was... Keep your feet. I like that company. Keep your name. feet. <laughs> keep your feet. I think it's good. Yeah. You write it onto the sock. You really that's keep... That's funny. Yeah, you scare them into buying more. No, that's why you like. You, hey, like, you, want, to, you want to keep your feet You like what? your customers to be nervous. That yeah. They have, and they have to keep buying from Fear you. Fear sells. But um, a anyways, so the, a new ruling happened in the Supreme Court where now you have to collect sales tax uh, from everywhere. Okay. And it doesn't... The thing that threw me was that it's not even the 50 states. It's It actually went down to the the county level okay. and even I think possibly even metropolitan areas in okay. some cases so it on it turned into hundreds and hundreds of different things you have to look at and every county and state has different laws about what's exempt from taxation so you end up having to look up the rules for every single place that you sell some like where the person lives for every single sale right and I guess like I kind of found out like there's software that you can buy that makes this easy yeah. I, I just was kind of thrown by the whole thing because there's been talk about this for at least 10 years of the of, uh, and then they finally did it two months it, into your business it, no exactly and like every lazy person in the history of ever you're just like well then fuck this yeah so yeah uh, especially when you got a libertarian bent and it comes from the government like you already you already don't want to have to deal with anything in life and then the government they're like well then fuck you it's, it's and then you stop making the money it's all of that and then i also um so this this was last summer yeah and i ended up coming down with lyme disease like the same oh fun week. and oh so i just said this is a crazy thing you can have like a relapse a year later with lyme a disease Lyme disease relapse yeah now that okay. actually that happened to me this july so right. it was a year it was a year later and i was sick for like three or four days with like maybe like only like 40% as sick as I was last summer. Okay. But last summer, I I felt like I was dying last summer. How many summer. days were you out for? Uh, I was out of work for two weeks, which isn't really that bad. And I guess it's Lyme disease bad. hits people differently. Like some, yeah. it, it can actually affect any of your major organs, I guess. And the, I don't know what it is, whatever the things that get into you from being bit, they hide from your immune system. If you even look at it in the microscopic level, they almost like shield up and are hiding from your like white blood cells and stuff. So when your body's attacking it, they go into this defensive mode. Yeah. And then they end up they end up like hiding inside your body, and it can that's why it can spring up like a year later, six right. months later, what whatever. But anyway, the, the way it hit me was I had like all the symptoms of malaria basically, and I literally felt like I was dying. Dude, I just had mono last week. I never got mono. Really? And I I, I feel cheated because I, I haven't been hooking up with any fourteen year olds. You know? Oh really? I'm like, how the fuck do I get mono? I really wanted it. Like, <laughs> is that how you get it? From, what? From, from the from the no, little, I think from the little just, kids. No, I think people just get it when they're young. Yeah. And I never had it, dude. I also I I I ended up spending a lot of money on fucking tests because I I like I really thought I was dying. I never got sick ever. Like I was just fucking home with fever. I had no energy to move. It's weird getting sick as an adult. Okay, yeah. It's scary, dude. You know, so it comes out of nowhere. That's how I felt. And do you know you don't have health insurance? Is that I have, you, uh, you have some kind of thing, right? Yeah, I got like the uh, Christian sharing networks. Oh, so, you like that? Or yeah. What? I don't know. I, I get, you know, I'm convinced it's got to be a scam because I call, I call, I called them up more than once, and I'm like, hey guys, I just want to figure out how to like, like, do you have doctors that are pre-approved? Uh, now just go and we'll, we'll reimburse like 
the Wait, system, so you literally, what do you mean like they don't have pre-approved ones? Do you show uh, up to you, any doctor? You, you just show up to any doctor and by, and like, and they won't tell you beforehand like, hey, this is a thing that we're not going to cover. So you just show up to any doctor, you, you, you put in for the reimbursement, and then I guess the, they reimburse you at 100%. But now here's what's crazy to me. Firstly, I, I, I would rather they don't reimburse at 100%. First, I don't even know if they do because it makes no sense to me. Don't reimburse it 100%. Reimburse like 70%, so then at least there's not as much of an incentive to use it because people have to pay things out of fucking pocket. That's one thing that keeps people from overusing their healthcare. One. Two is, I would think part of the advantage of working with you guys is that you're negotiating better price rates with these doctors. If I go to the doctor and I just pay out of pocket to then put it into you for reimbursement, I feel like we're going to be paying the absolute highest rate every single time. Because I know that by fact that when I've gone to them and said, hey, I don't have health insurance, they've come back with better rates. So it would make more sense to me to either have them bill you or for me to go, hey, I'm going in to see this people and for you to call up and negotiate a price. For me to just go in and pay full price to put into you for reimbursement, sounds like we're getting the absolute worst pricing. So the whole thing makes no sense to me. But from what I understand thus far is you go see whoever the fuck you want to see, you pay out of pocket, you put in for reimbursement and you get reimbursed. I don't think I'm going to get reimbursed That's for any That's kind of wild. So, yeah, you just have to hope you're going to get reimbursed. Yeah, which I'd rather know beforehand. Hey, we cover this kind of care. We don't cover that kind of care. Great. I'll go get this kind of... You know what I mean? It's like, or you call them up. They go, hey, the, we only work with two doctors in your area. Great. I'll go see those two doctors. Now, do the doctors look at you like you're crazy? Like, you walk in, no, you're like, oh, you I know, don't I, really have health insurance. Just never, give me the full bill. You never... You never... You never have those conversations you don't with the doctors, that, with the you know. secretary. The secretary's like, hey, this guy's kind of expensive to see. And you're like, well, just put it on my card. And, and now here's the other thing. I am terrible at getting Dude, reimbursement. that can max out a card every, if you're seeing a doctor, maybe. Every fucking time I've ever had a job, and they say, hey, put him for reimbursement. It's like, well, I guess I just paid for that, you know? Yeah. Like, and then I even said to the lady, I'm like, hey, can you print the bill for me? Because, like, at least if you print the bill, maybe I'll take care of this today. The concept that, no, I can't print a bill for you, but we'll send it to you in the mail. Well, if you send it to me in the mail, I'm probably going to miss the letter. I'm not going to remember to put it in. And then, great, I just paid for this out of pocket. Dude, now, you stated on the podcast yeah. before, you're kind of a lazy guy, right? I'm the world's laziest like, guy. That's, that's your when le it comes, legal defense for everything, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, there's some things that I really have to take care of because I don't think you can really show up and explain to a judge you haven't paid taxes because you're lazy. Yeah, I, I don't I think like it works that, that way. Yeah, I think it should work that way. I, I like, like I was saying, I really think you should be able to point to all the things in your life that haven't been taken care of and your miserable lifestyle yeah and then go okay this seems to be systematic it's not like he's trying to he's trying to cheat us in any way but yeah there's no way i'm ever putting in for these reimbursements so there's are, no way so are you for universal health care as a libertarian no no, but no, no also no. being a lazy person no, no, I, not, I feel not like that's the bit. easiest way no, no, for no, a not lazy e person no not even a little bit i'll tell you why i have it's not just belief i have a true understanding of the way that the free market and technological advances work, and even without healthcare, and even with, or and now I currently have maybe healthcare. I don't even really quite understand the way it works. I fully believe that if there was no government intervention in the health market, there'd be the equivalent of an Amazon for healthcare. You could get most of it would be electronic monitoring. Most of like the electronic monitoring would be able to flag in advance problems that you have before you even know that you have them like even last week and i got mono i'm telling you there should be a, like there should be equipment there should be a watch that we're all wearing that's just monitoring our blood on a daily basis there's no way that you need to go into a lab for them to like run things to send them to another place to, there's no way 
There's no way that there isn't like the equivalent of a fucking home kit that you could be pricking your finger with on a nightly basis that runs your blood and goes, oh, you just got exposed to this virus that wasn't here a week ago. There's no way, like, I'm just telling you, the way the technology exists, healthcare is the only place that as technology gets better, it gets more expensive. The reason why you're not seeing the innovation in healthcare like you saw with your fucking iPhone, it's because of licensing laws, it's because of the monopolies that exist in the healthcare industry. So, 100%, I promise you, if insurance didn't exist and government never got involved in healthcare, most of our problems would be self-monitored through technology. We'd rarely even have to go see doctors. And when we needed to see doctors, there'd be the equivalent of an Amazon and a Walmart that had offered you very, very good stuff at very good prices. And then, for the really, really wealthy people, even they would be getting better, better healthcare coverage for cheaper. And guess what? You and I wouldn't get what they could get, but we'd get really good shit. Like I don't wear, the, I, I don't wear twelve thousand dollars suits like some of these rich people do. But guess what? I got perfectly good pants. You want to touch my pants? They're from Walmart. They're great pants. I'm all right, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, so for yeah, one you kind of talk, talked your way out of that. Healthcare. You talked your way out of that nicely, I think. So it's not just that you're lazy. You understand that. Most people are lazy, and if we had and a, we'd all a get free better market coverage. in healthcare, it would be forcing the best people through the process of yes. the market to rise to the top, and we'd have better services that way. Yes, uh, without I, a question. I kind of like the idea of that, uh, like stuff on you to like monitor you. I'm telling and, and you, more of this you, remote stuff. Yeah, I don't like uh, it in the sense because I feel like all that stuff's tracked, and you can't keep your medical stuff so, private and everything yeah but that's more like in the how the current system works i i get like like when what you're talking about in the ide ideal system we would have all that great technology and it would actually be kept private and wouldn't be in the hands of uh so we already have that problem and people are including myself because i haven't really taken the steps to uh, i guess alter the way google tracks my search history and shit the amount of information these companies have on us i i think i signed away tracking my phone for a flashlight I yep. think the free flashlight app on my phone, I had to go, yeah, you can you can look at what my pictures are. Oh, you can, you can look at what the destinations I'm going to. Dude, you probably so, signed up. They can probably yes. sell, sell your pictures. I'm sure <laughs> they have all of my data because of the fucking flashlight app that I downloaded that I said, sure, you can have everything. I, I mean, honestly, we've already given them everything. I don't think monitoring our blood and getting better healthcare coverage is going to be the... But I, not that I love that they fucking track everything. And honestly, I, I mean, who's to say in a free market, like, you, you know, it, it, it could be that it would, there would actually be better transparency of who the company that you're working with is and the company that you're working with who you want to actually will be the one that isn't selling your data. You know what I mean? Like, there's cost to this shit. And we kind of, like, look the other way, but that's because we are not able to make that many choices about who we're getting healthcare provided from. If it was a really transparent marketplace and there were 12 different watches that you could buy, and I knew, hey, this one actually has a $3 a month fee, but the difference is that it's got it's the equivalent of the Volvo of cars. They actually secure all my information. You know, people get to make these choices, and I think people are a little smarter than we give them credit for, and I actually think the cost affiliated with things in a free market like would not be that substantial but at the end of the day you'd have the choice and i feel like we're getting a little too rambly so all right <laughs> <laughs> come on host cut me off when i'm when i'm gonna when i'm venturing I'm into just, fucking I'm just, nonsense i'm just letting you go rob yeah but uh let me pull this up 
Yeah, so I, I had actually mentioned that, uh, yeah, of course, like, I have called myself an ANCAP okay. uh, libertarian in the oh, past. Oh, I, I like this Do topic. Do you want to talk about this? No, no, I like this topic. Okay. I don't want to talk about the religion so, one. I like this topic a lot because I read this it. This is better to talk I, about. I agreed with you 100%. But I'll let you start. I'll let you start the party. Okay. So I I don't know if I maybe slightly overstated it because it's not yeah, that I'm okay. no it's not that I'm no longer a libertarian. No, no, no. I like to go go I, for it. Lay it out. All right. I I will say I've you wrote this and I literally went. Oh, I agree with him. And I like this guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here it is. I now I love uh, libertarians like you, uh, you Dave Scott Horton, basically like the Mises crowd. These are kind of my guys. I I will say I've I've gotten. A little bit annoyed, especially lately, with kind of the so-called autistic kind of libertarianism. Like you, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm just autistic. Right, right. Okay. No. <laughs> well, that's what and that's what brought you to being a libertarian because you think in autistic terms and you can actually have a better. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So possibly. You, so you figured out that you're autistic and you don't like other autistic people, and then what happened? No. All right. No. What, what, I, I I feel like. Uh, some of the ideas um, don't relate to real life that that well, and, and it's it's kind of been bothering me a little bit. Like there's a lot of debates about like property rights in the sense of, say you were falling off a ledge of a building and there's apartments below you or no, something. What, what are, you are, are, are you yeah. are you like violating somebody else's like property rights if if you were to like grab onto this railing what, what, and, and pull yourself into the apartment? What it, you said in the email. Which I, I, remind me, because I'm trying to pull it off my phone and I can't quite no, do it. No, what you said is I realized that as much as I agree with um, being a libertarian, when it when it comes to myself and the things I want to think about, I'd rather invest my time in self improvement than like reading more or thinking more about this ANCAP literature. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that was that, that, that was essentially that, that's what I had. That's essentially what you said. So. I made the same decision earlier this year for myself. Um, and uh, firstly, Dave's even said it on the show. It's like, if you got at the end, you got to make a living. Like, you go be an expert carpenter. You don't need to like know. You don't need to know all this shit. And I, I found with myself, it's like I, I actually I, I work in sales, and I don't have that much like sales education. There's some shit I don't know how to do that I need to know how to do. And so like I've been, I, I've pivoted where I invest more of my reading time in kind of sales and marketing literature and then also in self-help literature because i got to tell you if you don't like if you just feel shitty about yourself you're not going to be that productive and i think it's actually very important to figure out how to have like a positive mental attitude to feel comfortable within your own head like th that shit comes naturally to some people i'm not like a i'm more of like a debbie downer type and i think you actually have to invest for me i have to invest some time into figure out how can I look at the world and be happy? How can I translate what I'm seeing into feeling comfortable and being happy? Like there are a lot of basic skills that I actually actually like read a book and go, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to behave. Like I was even reading uh, uh, like a month ago, not even a month ago, I was reading uh, Roger Ailes' book, um, You Are the Message, which oh, I recommend. Oh, you had just talked about that show. I, yeah, uh, great is it, show. Is it on Showtime? Yeah, you should that... watch it. It's All great. Right. I didn't know anything about this until you talked about it on the yeah. last podcast. It sounds like the perfect show it's I so can't good wait to watch it it's so good and you should read his book here's what i took from his book he has a bunch of things where he's kind of like talking about having a bad attitude in the office and he's like you ever notice this in people and he's describing so many of my bad quality traits and you could really boil the book down to like don't be a cunt but some of his specific examples of like cunt i'm like oh shit i do that ah uh, i do that too and i have to actually read in a book hey you're not supposed to do that 
for me to kind of mentally register like, oh, you're really not supposed to behave that way. It might be common sense for other people, but sometimes like I, I literally need to read it in a book and go, hey, okay, maybe that's me being autistic. I feel, yeah, I yeah. feel like when I do self-help kind of like reading like those kind of books, it, 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 it helps me uh, for maybe like uh, a week after reading it or something. Yeah, and then that's and it. I, I feel so committed to like these new ideas I read and it just kind of like my laziness. It's like, uh, not so like, here, here's a zig, really here was a Zig Ziglar line okay. and I, I stand by this. I, he goes, motivation's a little bit like bathing. I recommend you do it every day. Oh, that's a good line. It's a good line. That's and, very true. And I think that's 100% true of, uh, firstly, a lot of you people listening to this, you're happy-go-lucky, jolly people, you're living successful lives. If you are, good for you. I find for myself, I, like I, my brain will turn a little bit inward. I mean, you guys hear me, I'm pretty analytical. If, I'm, if I don't give my brain things to think about, all of my like analytical thinking just goes to why I hate myself. That's not a good way to like, so I can tell you two things. Firstly is I try and like just read big ideas because I like, like if I'm thinking about that, I'm not like looking inward in an unhealthy way. And I also find if, if I'm being disciplined and daily, I'm reading something kind of motivational or self-helpy, even if it's fucking repetitive, at least it kind of gets my brain going in the right direction or I get excited for the idea. And even if it's just for one day, I'm excited for that idea and I, like it does nothing for me except, but if like every day I read a new idea that I'm excited about, at least it kind of has my brain going in a positive direction. Now, uh, you big Jordan Peterson fan? Or, I read. Or, or I, I'm okay with him. How do you him. feel about him? I'm okay with him. I, the, um, I read a little bit of his, uh, his, uh, the twelve whatever. I feel like that. I I liked that book. I, I didn't read the whole thing. I I I kind of slogged through it. Like, uh, I mean, it's not that big of a book, but. Uh, but his thing about not spiking your insulin in the morning was really helpful for me. Like that, that whole book was just worth reading that one thing. Was about, that, that was the biggest thing for you? That was the biggest thing for me because I did that every morning. I didn't want to wake out of, get out of bed in the morning. I'd be like, hey man, if you, I used to have this conversation with myself. Hey man, if you get yourself out of bed, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to the bakery and I'll get you, I'll get you, uh, we'll eat a cookie for breakfast. We'll eat a muffin for breakfast. I'm telling you, I know that that's sick and it sounds like insanity, but that would be, a, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, oh fuck, like, I don't want to get to bed and like, Dude, let's just let's go to the bakery. We'll have a muffin, and I, that's the way I would start my day every day. And then I read his thing about how that's like the absolute worst thing that you could do if you're depressed. And I stopped doing it, and I have better days now. So yeah. like, what's your, what's your go-to entire, now? What yeah, do you, do you mean? have eggs or something? Nah, yeah, I keep it real simple in the morning. At some point, I switched unhealthy. Like at some point, it happens in every day, and then like, I'm in go mode. It's like being a fucking vampire. You get that taste of blood in your mouth. But I I I push that to as late in the day as possible. Yeah there, yeah, there you go. No, it's funny. Jordan Peterson, I, I, I like a lot of his ideas in that, you know, the 12 rules for life or whatever. I, I was into, like, listening to his lectures for a while. On, he gets boring. Honestly, it's a little it, it's, too simple. It's, uh, again, like, I, I'm kind of annoyed by, like, his fanboys. Yeah, that's the other thing is once a guy gets, like, to be a little bit of a cultish status, firstly, there's something, too, when you find someone that no one else is listening to and you're like, Oh man, I'm I'm getting some insight yeah. that nobody else has. I feel and, I might have yeah. been just before the peak of his like, you know, blowing up or whatever. Also, yeah, he had a little bit of a badassery to him that he was uh, that he had really challenged some extreme leftist positions in Canada, and he was super smart and he could debate people. And, and then also the other thing that I found kind of interesting and refreshing from him was he was taking like good and big ideas from the Bible. And even while I'm not religious, there's something really cool about um, like getting real life lessons from like the Adam and Eve story. There was something really sexy about that to me in like a mystical way. You're like, oh man, this is like deep insights here. But um, I think with any self-help guy, 
they probably have three or four good ideas and that's you know yeah. what i mean it's like you, you kind of absorb it and i don't know you i don't know if the next, next one i don't know if his next book would have anything new in it i'll, I'll just say yeah but, but just to kind of go back to the initial concept i per like firstly i get a little like i do kind of feel like i've fallen behind even the audience uh and like the, the part of the problem audience because they do more of the libertarian reading than i do and I, i've read a lot of it and it's all fascinating but at the end of the day you got to make a living and you also kind of have to be happy and we all have limited like mental faculties for what you're going to sit down and read and uh, i was thinking about this I, i'm reading really interesting book i'm almost done with it really interesting well written i totally loved it the bitcoin uh stand i think it was the bitcoin standard the fadcast guy sent it to me and it's great it like especially some of the earlier chapters it had that thing where the ideas were so good it got me really excited um but uh even with that i started to kind of feel like Listen, I know that the government's fucking me. I don't really need to know the specifics of this. Or it's like, I, like, I understand, and I never read uh, what like human action, but I kind of understand the principle oh, of- I, I bought it. Yeah. I haven't even touched it since I bought it's it. On, it's, it's on my it's, shelf. It's intimidating. I'm just telling you from kind of hanging out with Dave enough, I think I understand the principle of the hive mind and everyone making choices and why that, like, I, I think I've just kind of accepted enough of that philosophy from hearing it secondhand that I probably don't need to... Now, would I benefit from sitting down and reading the whole book? Sure. But, like, firstly... That's the thing, though, back, yeah. back to this point. Would you personally benefit, or would it just make you, like, feel like you're a little more knowledgeable you see, about, I think, about this yeah. subject that maybe isn't helping you in your actual real life? So I think it's going to be a little bit more of B with the kicker of the fact that I do work in the podcasting landscape. And so it could be... I don't know. At some point, like, if I can build philosophy a little bit sometimes i get jokes out of it or sometimes it does help in terms of like being informed for podcasting at the moment i don't really make a living off of podcasting but like so you know that's the kind that's kind of the other thing it's like go do what's going to make you money you know what i mean it's like that has more value to me what kind of skills or what kind of shit can you learn that's going to pay you and so i agree with you 100 percent. if you're like you and you're an electrical engineer and you want to learn a side business like how much are you really going to benefit from sitting down reading human action over spending time trying to figure out that side? You know what I mean? Or no, you having so, to go so exactly. for a living life. Like, like I'm going to say there's, there's no major... Uh, what does it do for you? I agree with what, you. What's the word? I guess like tenant or whatever. Not That's the wrong word, but of, of libertarianism. I, I wouldn't say I disagree with any of it, really. Uh, but how much I, of an I expert just, do you really need to be? I've fallen away from studying it hardcore. Because I will say, when I went to college, I didn't go to be an electrical engineer. I actually wanted to be a history teacher, and... You realize the, they're not the, going to let you the idea, kids. The, not with your face. No, right. You just knew it. You knew it right away. <laughs> You're like a skinny Jeff Bezos. That's kind of what you look like. Dude, you know what's funny? <laughs> I took a picture, yeah. and I was like... You, if you uh, shave the beard, you got like Jeff Bezos' I, eyes. I was like, I look like Jeff Bezos' you could, ba bastard kid or something. No, nah, it's not bastard kid. You, you just need a, like, a like little him muscle. Himself. Him yeah, himself. like the goat version you of Jeff Bezos. You know what's funny? It's yeah. like, do you see the picture of him when he had hair? He's like this little weasel guy. Oh, he's guy. like real nerdy. Well, a lot of it, he's put on a bunch of muscle. That's what happens when you become a billionaire, apparently. Well, yeah. The guy, he kind of is jacked now. And he I, has to be, is yeah, he in his not, 50s or is he pushing 60? I'm sure he's got some good testosterone and a personal trainer. Yeah. It's not, dude, it's, if you have a chef. It's the same thing with Elon Musk, though. He used to be a little guy, too. Yeah. Dude, if you got like, I, I mean, if you got billionaire money, if you choose to be healthy looking, 
there are plenty of people who are like, hey, I got a billionaire, and they go like, you know, even the Roger Ailes rap, where they're like, hey, I'm just going to be a big, fat fucking slob. And you can do that. Sometimes yeah. fat slob has I've never fun. seen that. I have no idea what? what that guy looks like, Roger Ailes. He's, he's fat, fat slob. Yeah, he was fat slob, but it's like, you can be jolly fat guy, and that, that can be great for sales, you know what I mean? Or it's like, or you can even just be uh, like bigger ex-football player kind of build, where you've got like a gut, but like you kind of have like an athletic look to you, and that works too. But I'm just saying, if you have money, money, even I, if you put a salad in front of me, I'll eat salad all day. As much as I talk sandwiches, but you can eat healthy sandwiches. Like you can, you can be like a legit good whole grain bread with chicken on it. You know what I mean? It's like if I had a chef and a personal trainer in the morning, I could look like Jeff. It's not, it's not that hard. What makes it impossible for all of us is we have to actually acquire food, which is a pain in the ass. Most of the time you're starving, so you end up eating something unhealthy. I work out every single day. I've injured everything because I don't even really know how to work out. I don't know what vitamins, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many, like, I'm not gonna go become a health expert. That's a pain in my dick. Like, but when you have money that you can just pay someone else, like if you're, if you're in Hollywood, it's part of your job to look good. If it's part of your job to look good, it's not that hard to do. Oh yeah, that's how those It's hard for us paid, to do because we, we don't have the resources for it. But if you're Bezos, dude, give me a billion dollars. I'll look sexier than Bezos, no problem. <laughs> yeah. No, so any, anyways, I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> anyways, I, I was originally going to college to become a, like a history teacher. Right. Like, uh, preferably like a college professor. Anyways, I got talked out of it and probably was good that I was talked out of it because the job market is just hor horrible for that. Yeah. Like, I would be like a teacher's aide or something forever, probably. Like, okay. it, it would be really tough. But anyways, it was around that time. Oh, so I'll just get back to, I first heard of libertarianism and, uh, you know, started reading about it during like Ron Paul's 2012 run. Okay. So this was the run for it. So it was like, 2011 sometime i guess i i uh i saw that thing where they screwed him out of uh winning a straw poll or something okay i think he came in first or second or something and then they went like oh who who placed where and they just totally left him out that was the thing that john i i think it was the thing john stewart did his bit on like yeah, we're, yeah, we're we, third place or something yeah like what's that. his name played that it, on the it, podcast it was great it, it was some, Dave played it yeah it, it might have been that time it might have been an incident right around then but anyways, that's when I first heard about this stuff, and I got really into it, started reading everything, uh, found Tom Woods, the Mises Institute, um, and I definitely agree with all that stuff still, but I have bookshelves and bookshelves, not, like, just stacks of books in my bedroom. Well, here's the other thing, up. you read all of it, and you realize, hey, this didn't get me laid. Yeah, it, that's, that's, that's sort of <laughs> it. like, I need something else. And it, it was you know, I got least, all this, I'm smarter than everyone. I got was, all this information. It was no at least, like, dick. somewhat useful for, like, yeah. becoming, like, uh, like, a history professor. Right. And it was kind of like the stuff where, like, well, I don't really want to write, a, like, a paper, my, like, all my papers on this stuff. Because yeah. the professors are like, what, what are you talking about, kind, kind of things. Like, you're citing people they never heard of, and they're yeah. like, who the hell is this? And stuff like that. Right. But it's like, no, this is like a real, this is a real thing. Right. I remember but, when I was in college, like, I, at first, I didn't know what the Mises Institute was. I remember I came across George Reisman randomly. I came is it Reisman or Reisman? I, I how, with, how, how do you, how do you know with, how to pronounce a Jewish name, Ra? I go with Reisman. I think it might be Reisman, but I go with, if, if he's Jewish, I, it's Reisman. It's because it's R-E-I-S-M-A-N. It, people might call him Reisman, but from Jewish, that's Reisman. Reisman, really? Okay. I, I could be wrong, though. I guess Reisman should be spelled R-I-S-E-M-A-N. Anyways. That's all right. <laughs> anyways, I came across this guy, 
And of everything I was reading on a particular topic, this was the one thing. I, I, I was trying, okay, here was, here was the paper. I, 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 this gonna, it was backwards, but it was something along the lines of why the U.S. should not allow China to finance its debt. I think that was, I think that was like the, the paper I was writing. And w one of the big things I was trying to, I, I, in, this was in college, but I was trying to make like a moral argument that we're not really opposing China like in the Sudan. And they're doing like all sorts of really shitty things in the world. Now my perspective would change that, it, you know, it's not, we, we really shouldn't be interventionist, but my perspective at the time was that because China is financing so much of our debt and we're kind of like in bed with them, we're looking the other way on a lot of really terrible things that they're doing. That wasn't the only side of the paper, but that was one side of it. And then I came across this guy, George Reisman. I, I might be, listen, I might be confusing this in a paper I wrote on the, uh, on uh, the economic collapse. I know the, he, he uh, wrote the book. It's, I think it's just called Capitalism. Yeah, he wrote Capitalism. It's like a thousand-page book. But or I came. I could never find this article again. It was like the most interesting thing I'd ever read ever. But he I, he had the term in there. I can't find this thing again. I, I even like tried looking back in my papers because I thought I referenced it. But he had this article about dollar diplomacy, and he was basically talking about all the things that the U.S. does to make sure that there's dollar demand and that it's a form of imperialism. And I'm just reading it, and for the first time, like, everything I studied in college, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I always knew that there was some evil going on. Here's the evil. This Here is like it is. This is like the whole petrodollar idea. Yeah, it was right. like the petrodollar, and I'm like, here it is. Here's what's going on. This is the real story. This is interesting. And I'm like, well, who is this guy? Can I quote him? Oh, it's this Austrian school of economics. I can't quote the Austrians. Like, we were Keynesian. I never even heard of these Austrian guys. I was like, this is conspiracy shit. I can't. I can't come back to my finance professor with this other school of economic thought, which is just, you know, now, now you're outside of school and you're like, well, that's bad shit crazy. But, you know, at the time that kind of made sense. Oh, I know this, I know this is a crazy fucking ADD. But along the lines of what you were saying, we were like, hey, you know, this is kind of like almost the religious side of being a libertarian. And this is where I kind of like having come from Orthodox Judaism into this is I don't like being a part of a group. I'm just telling you, I was once like balls deep into a group and it's really hard to leave. Like the re religious yeah, yeah, I'm saying like I was really religious. I was a part of a group. And let me tell you, it's hard to have free thoughts and really think, hey, is this something that I believe in? Or is this something I'm doing because I'm a part of this group and it's important to be a part of a group? I don't like being a part of groups for those reasons. Like, I, I just know what it is to kind of be in there and being, and, and being following and not being true to your own thoughts. So I'm not looking to be in new groups. You know what I mean? I like the idea that I can change my mind tomorrow and go, actually, hey, uh, I think government should be more involved in our lives. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think that's my perspective. But I can tell you, I'd rather be able to read something tomorrow and go, oh, that's right, and not feel like, oh, but I'll be out of the group. If I want to do this thing, I'm out of the group now. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't want that in my head. I don't want that to be a part of my decision-making process because I've lived with that, and I know the way that, that clouds your thought, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Firstly, I think part of what you're experiencing when you're like, hey, I got to read all this stuff. It's like, well, I'm in the group now. I got to know all the literature. You know what I mean? It's almost that religious thing where it's like, I got to study all this. Like, this shit's important. I got to know all of this. That's kind of, I will say, like, I am very interested in, in the stuff. And yeah. I, oh, I just want to, like, circle back a little bit. I, I hope... But I, I want, can I say one more thing on oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just so go the, ahead. These are the two things that kind of shattered my view on that. One was, I like, uh, I don't love all of this stuff, but there's a guy, Grant Cardone, He's another like, you know, self-help sales guy, whatever. He has some really good information when it comes to sales. I saw him giving a speech once and he was talking about, I don't follow the news anymore. It's all negative. Don't focus on the negative. Go make news. And he was kind of right. It's like, what you know, it, there's no reason to like introduce negative to your life. If you read the newspaper, 
the newspaper, I mean, it sells negativity. It's telling you all the bad shit that's happening in the world. You know, at the end of the day, if you go make a, like a billion dollars or you go do things that change the world, they're going to report on you. So he's like, why do I need to read about all this negative stuff that's going on in the world? I'm going to go make news. Let me go live my life and do things that are so great that they want to report on it. So that was one thing where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you don't really need to follow what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just kind of changed your perspective. Yeah, that kind of, the other thing that really changed my was George Peterson's thing about clean up your room. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I oh, he's 100% right. That but, actually really helped me. That was what I was trying to remember. Like, that what, what went, was the main dude, thing? That, that was actually it. That hit me so deep. I'm telling you, part of why I got really into this shit was uh, when I was kind of, you know, a little bit being dumb with religion. I, I, I'm telling you, this was a guilt thing where I was like, all right, listen. I don't really want to keep religion anymore, but, you know, I don't want to be pissing off God. So let me really, like, try and figure out what's wrong with the world. And, you know, maybe maybe if, like, I can figure out what's wrong and, like, introduce better ideas, the world will be a little bit better and me and God can call it even. And, like, I mean, how can you be mad at me if I go re- if I spend my time trying to figure out how the world's a better place? Like, God can't be mad at you for that. And then, like, you know, I came across people like Bob Murphy, and I'm like, oh, this guy's, like, so much smarter I'll never figure out half of what he knows. Like, why do I even need to study this? There's a guy like Bob Murphy that's studying it. Yeah. I'll never comprehend half of what he comprehends. That's how I and feel then, about the whole economics thing. Like, like yeah. I kind of felt like the thing that I fell off studying, like in the whole libertarianism, like like uh, arena or whatever. First, was kind of the economics thing. Like, I I read uh I I've just read the really basic books. I read The Law by Bastia, which that's yeah, not just straight up that. economics and stuff. That's like really. Look, you've basic probably read stuff. more of this shit than I have. I gotta uh, read that one. Oh yeah, I, that's only a little book. It's like sixty pages or something. Yeah. But uh, I yeah I did enjoy that, but it's pretty like, you know, basic stuff. But anyways, I I got like uh, I read but Bob you, Murphy's you, book Choice. That I gotta was, read that, that was, one too. That was very good. Uh, I've heard that's great. I've heard you should read that before Human Action. Now yeah, and I'm never gonna be able. I don't think I'm gonna be able to read Human Action and Man, Economy, and State. Like it's just like but I'm even, not. By I'm the not way, like even with being friends with Dave, I'm like he he can like his reading comprehension so much better than me. It's like why am I like why why am I bothering with like I don't I don't know I don't remember this information that well or sometimes like I don't even absorb it like I'm not that smart so going just going back to the Jordan Peterson thing where it's like clean up, I was like oh yeah he's kind of right for me but then on the same note I, I I'll say what's kind of great about being on Dave's show is that you just get that perspective of like there's so much going on around me that's just not true you know what I mean so it's like at least it kind of keeps your brain fresh in that you realize how far removed from reality other people are of what and the, like, of not looking at the news constantly like no no, no i'm saying what, yeah like, not what, what, what like it's it's refreshing to hear like here's how far gone cnn is and here's how they're lying to you or when mainstream economists report on this stuff here's how completely wrong they are so there's something refreshing about staying attached to the fact that there's a lot of false information out there and, you know, if, if you'll take the time to think about it, at least you can, I guess, have a freer mind to know that a lot of the information that people are telling you just isn't true. So, in that, like, in that way, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. Anyways, you had something to say on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it was a slightly different topic, but, no, I just try, I, I got a little bit off of reading up on Austrian economics. Uh, just because I wasn't studying to be a history teacher anymore. And it doesn't pay anything. And it just, uh, it ended up being a huge time sink. But my main focus of attention was more foreign policy. Okay. And I'm still very into that. I lit- That's where I have stacks and stacks and stacks of books. Okay. Because it's like listening to like Scott Horton, people like that. He interviews people that write articles and books like 
constantly. I end up buying almost every single one of them. And yeah. I actually, I, I, I read a lot of them. That's okay. kind of like my, and, and that that's another thing where I feel like, like that's not helping me at all. It's almost kind of turning, like I'm just like, I'm always thinking about this stuff. It's not, it's not even healthy, you know what I mean? Uh, especially like the stuff in uh, Yemen, all that. Uh, like here's the, my take. Here's my my broad take on that. For a while, I even had this kind. I mean, like two years ago. I, I mean, the conversation I had with Dave is like, here's the one thing I I didn't touch the topic of foreign policy because I kind of was like, you know, I don't understand enough of what's going on in the world. Maybe if we're not actually kind of policing it, or if we're not being the more aggressive ones first, other people will come to get us. Or maybe we are so invested in the petrodollar that like. You know, I was like, this stuff's beyond... I remember, like, I was reading this book once by William uh, Engdahl, which was really interesting, and he was talking about how the reason why Iraq um, is such an important U.S. interest, it's not oil, it's that, like, 90% of the water in that region flows through Iraq. So, I, because, like, the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers are, start in Iraq. Oh, yeah, so I, I have control. Heard, yeah, 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 I can, can picture it. Yeah. If you control the water in Iraq... You actually have the most control over the entire Middle East. So, like, when it comes to geopolitics, that was one thing I read in a random... There's so, like, or I also heard, like, the big thing in Syria is about port control. That was, like, that That was like what the real story is. So like it comes the, to, like... the Russian port that... Yeah, exactly. There, well, th- that's why Russia was so invested in making sure that Syria didn't flip. Yeah. Is because it was actually, like, there's some major port access that you can control from Syria. Listen, I, I, what I'm getting at is... I don't know the ins and outs of geopolitics. What completely changed my mind, I've said this joke before, I read this book called, uh, it was, it, it's a real, it's like the world's greatest and dumbest sales book at the same time. It's a dumb allegory, but it's really worth reading. And it's, it's Bob Berg, Bob Berg's book. And, ah, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting the name of it. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it and I'm going to forget the, the direct quote. But basically the direct quote was that if you see the world as a, uh, a doggy dog world there'll always be a bigger dog like which is essentially like a lot of these things it comes down to like your perspective if you look at the world as being a hostile place like you're going to go find hostility you know what i mean it's not that you're going to project it it's that you see the world that way and so you're going to go find it you're going to find people who are out to get you if you see the world as being a place that's cooperative you'll find the people that you can cooperate with Here's where that becomes really true. Let's say you see the world as a place that can be really charitable and people can be good to each other, and then you decide to get involved in charity. The world that you live in is charitable. Every single day or every single weekend, you're involved in a charity. That's the world that you live in. The world that you live in is literally a charitable place because every weekend you co- you coexist with other people who choose to be charitable. That is the world that you live in. You see what I'm saying? Oh, so, so like, that's your like direct world you're interacting with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And perception's reality. Every single like if every single day of your life, you, you volunteered your time at a charity, and you literally I don't know a soup kitchen. Every single day you're in a soup kitchen with four other people that work at a soup kitchen. How can I argue with your reality that the world is a giving place? You hang out with other giving people and you give on a daily basis. That is your reality. You live in a giving place, right? Whereas if you see the world as a hostile place where people get into fights and every single day you go out and you pick fights with people because you think they're going to fight with you, that's your reality. You live in a planet where people are hostile and they fight. My, my joke that I've said, and this isn't stand-up funny, but it's like the way that we go about foreign policy. The idea here is, hey, we want to be cooperative with other countries. And the way that we go about it by building the world's biggest military and putting it outside of their doorsteps, that's like if I showed up to a first date, I was hoping to marry you, and I said, hey, I got my divorce lawyer here. 
<laughs> That's not the way you go about being cooperative. The way you go about being cooperative is you take the first step towards going, hey, let's try and trade here. Let's be cooperative. Hey, I want to be your friend. If you show up with the military and go, hey, I want to be your friend, that's why I got the biggest military over here, you're looking for a fight. You're not looking for cooperation. So anyways, what I'm getting at with the whole Scott Horner thing, I now have a philosophy that when it comes to foreign policy, we're introducing violence by building a military and trying to bully people. Like, we can't pretend like we're trying to be cooperative. We're not. We're trying to bully people. That's, we're not taking the cooperative approach. From there, the specifics of the Houthis, the thisies, the thatsies, why do I need to know all the specifics? I, I got a philosophy. I know that my philosophy is right and that we should be working towards being cooperative and that a military is the opposite approach. I, I Like, that's my philosophy. I don't need to know every single specific about, you know, what, what geopolitical resources here or the other. I just know if you're building a military trying to bully people, you got the wrong approach. See what I'm saying? So it's like, you don't necessarily need to have all the details and to sit down and study all the ins and outs. Sometimes you can have a broad stroke. Like, I just know that I'm right on this one. Yeah, no, it, like, that's my number one issue now, though, is, like, foreign policy stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, it has been for years, but I used to be more into, like, economics and stuff, like, standard, you know, just talking about uh, standard Austrian economic type stuff. But, yeah, the, the thing that really pulled me in is, like, the moral aspect of how evil, like, the, our foreign policy is. And I'm still, like, very into that yeah. topic. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm also, like, I'm realizing, like, do I really need to buy another dozen books yeah. every month, basically, on, on like, the thing? Cause also, how old are you? I'm 28. Yeah, the other thing, I mean, not that I, I'm, I'm 31, we're basically the same age. Your interests cycle, and it's, like, sometimes you've kind of, you know, like, how many books are you going to read on the Civil War? Like, you can get interested in the Civil War, read three books, and go, oh, wow, I just learned a shit ton about the Civil War, and move on to the next thing. So, like, don't beat yourself up about being, like, Oh, I was really obsessed with this thing, and now I want yeah. to go study. The no, next it's, thing, it's you know? not a bad thing. I'm just kind of trying to explain where, like, yeah, uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm thinking of like maybe going back to school and like switching careers or something a little bit. But um, so what's that's the, what, what's the next career? Oh, the next career, I'm starting my business back up. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah, but this on tampons, socks. tampons and socks. <laughs> no, fucking not... steal my name. I want to, I want to cut if that name takes off. <laughs> Keep your feet. <laughs> Keep your feet. Yeah. No, it's like... Yeah, uh, like big fat smiley diabetics on the side. Yeah, nice prints going on them. <laughs> no, I'm probably like going to go back for like a, like a technical degree. Okay. Uh, so... Why? You're already working in your field. Yeah, I, it's going to be... It's easier to change like to different like jobs. Yeah, okay. Because I, I don't have like the right certificates and stuff. But... Anyways. Alright, one more topic. What do, what do you got, Rob? No, you got no, this is, all, this is all you, man. Let You're hosting. See. Yeah, I'm I, just telling you to move on to the topic. <laughs> but you, this is your show. Uh, You're running it. I might be. I might be out of topics. We also have no idea how the sound quality is. This might be unlistenable. We have no idea. We're flying blind. Okay. Could I've tested it and recorded a minute or two and listened back and then said, "Hey, we have to go to another location." I could have done that, but I, I'm first thinking that now. You should have given me the sandwich beforehand. I would have had a clearer head of mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I can either tell you, we, we, yeah. we can talk about this, like, really bad joke I made in front of people I didn't know. Can I, alright, firstly, yes, you should do that, and I gotta tell you, as much as they talk about bombing on stage, bombing in life is so much worse, because I've had those, that, that's my style of humor, I'm ball, like, I'm not ball busty, I say fuck, like, you hear me on the pod, if I'm making a joke, I'm usually saying some deadpan thing that's, like, really fucked up, but, like, when you do that in life and it bombs, Sometimes you just offend people, and it's not like a random audience that you get to just leave. It's no, like, no, no. All right. So my yeah. my thing is like I, 
Oh, and I'm not a comedian at all. I'm just like this no, no, is just you're talk, not even talk. a little funny. I get it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Rob hasn't laughed once this whole time, and I'm sure he's just going to delete this podcast. But anyways, uh, no, like this is just talking to like my friends. Like I'm yeah. usually like like very deadpan. A lot, a lot of times the stuff can be uh, off the wall. Yeah, yeah you always dark. sound autistic. It, it, I get it. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the reaction I'm looking for isn't people to laugh. It, it's it's for people to be like, what? Yeah. What oh, did you just oh, say? he was joking, kind of okay. like, like type thing. But a- anyways, th- this was in front of people that that I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> at all, it's just I I, I don't know how funny this is going to be now. But a- anyways, uh, we had, we had been out drinking. This was like last winter or something, and we're going from bar to bar or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I, I have to piss or whatever. And we're not at a bar anymore. We're going to get food. And the bathroom's closed at this place. This is okay. locked. They won't give me the key for it. Okay. I, maybe because I'm too trash looking, they don't want to give me the key. Maybe it's just closed. Maybe, maybe the bathroom has shit all over the place in there. Okay. Who, who knows? But anyways. There could be so many things. That, that, I, 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 walk, I, I walk outside to the street and I'm like, damn, I really have to piss. I'm going to have to like... Uh, around to the back of the building or something so i so i say to somebody that i've never really met before but was with our group i'm like man you know you you can actually be arrested for taking a piss in public and then you actually have to like register as a sex offender that that would yeah. suck okay and then just out of nowhere i it was like it this this would be funny to get a reaction that would suck if i had to register as a sex offender because I'm, I'm already a huge anti-semite and the guy was like funny. what I walked. So, anyways, I I go I go just to take a piss. I come back. He this person I didn't know basically told like everybody in the group what I said, and they were all were like, oh, they all had this reaction like, oh, he's plastered, which obviously means anything he says is like the total one hundred percent truth that he's that, finally that, that he didn't mean to uh, let out or so something. Bad. And I'm like, dude, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. I was joking. Oh, that's a good joke too. I like it. So, <laughs> yeah. And now they still they're convinced that you're an anti-Semite. That's great. All right. So these are people. Yeah, these were like these a couple people it. that I uh, didn't know before. So then I end up having to get in their car. So like they're dro- dropping different people yeah. off at like their apartments and stuff. So I end up doubling down. I end up doubling down on it. Right. Saying like, no, I don't say like any actual like ethnic like slurs or anything. Yeah. But, like I'm just joking around. Like the idea was like, oh, I just said this off the wall thing just to get like a reaction yeah. or whatever. So I just kind of continue with it, but then I see people are actually, there's this girl I never met before who was super pissed. She started trying to like reach back from the front seat of the car and like punch me and stuff. But like, I'm kind of like, we're all kind of like in and out. It feels like, because we've like really been drinking a lot that night. Right. Um, so then I, I kind of realized like, oh, people are actually like getting a little pissed or whatever. So I start pretending like, no, it's fine. I'm actually Jewish. So it's okay. (laughs) And then, because they never met me before. Isn't I'm your try- name Christian? How do you get around that one? No, it's Chris. It's just Chris. But a Chris... What is, <laughs> yeah, what is Chris... Christopher Christian. That's the, you, you can't have Chris as part of your name and be Jewish, so... Uh, we never said your last the, name. You're okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I was thinking of it like an exception for somebody that is Jewish with the name Chris. But I can't think of it, so yeah, you might be right. Yeah, because it Uh... Yeah, so you got friends who think you're an anti-Semite. Any, anyways... So I, I start pretending like I'm Jewish, but like I, I'm really trash. I, I can't even come up with what a Jewish last name would be that I'm trying to say. So I'm just sitting there like from like, I, I can't even come up with like Is it Christopher Kike, like Klein. <laughs> like I can't I can't even come up with a name or yeah. whatever. But uh, a- anyways, so uh, 
then there's one person that's still with us in this group that night that's actually somebody I've known for years or whatever. Yeah. I end up, like, we end up getting out. I get in his car. He drives me home. I'm, I'm immediately, like, they all know I was joking, right? And he was like, dude, I don't think you can come out with us anymore. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, we're closing it with that All right, one. we're going to close it out. Anyways, I think I finally <laughs> made up with all these people, and uh, it was only a joke. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for hosting. I hope the uh, the audio quality came out good. Good work on the uh, the sandwiches. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Later.